What now, you may ask, right? What now? Well, welcome this morning to New Hope Community Church. So glad that you're here with us this morning in person, online. I hope you're having an awesome Labor Day weekend. What beautiful weather that God has provided us here in Minnesota. It is great. And I want to challenge you. I want to talk to you today about bigger picture living. Bigger picture living. And here's the question. How big do you see your life? How big do you see your life? And so I made this guy, right? And if you ever wonder what a pastor wife does, right? Uh, She outlines her husband laying on uh, foam insulation. That's what a pastor wife, you know, they do. They do whatever it takes, right? But how do you see your life? You know, do you see it like on the inside here? in the black or, or in the red or in the orange or even in, in the white. How big do you see your life? There was a recent report that stated and found that 90% of employees would trade a proportion of their lifetime earnings for more meaningful work. On average, respondents would willingly forgo 23% of their lifetime earnings overall in exchange for meaning at work. Wow, that's pretty incredible, pretty impressive. It tells us something about our work and how we view it, right? That we're willing to forgo the financial side for meaningful work. But unfortunately, with this comment, many of us see our work as not bringing value or worth to ourselves and good to other people around us. So I want to challenge you today on your view of your work, that regardless of what you do, Regardless of what you do, it's all meaningful because it fulfills the needs of the people around you. I mean, just look around you in the room. It fulfills the people's need. So if ever I'm going to be speaking on Labor Day weekend, I always like to talk about labor, (laughs) our work. Because I want to challenge us, I want to remind us how important our labor is to ourselves and then especially to others around us. And I want to move you to have bigger picture living of how impactful your life is, especially when it comes to your work. Now, we all know that Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. And the first part of the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we go on and we pray the second portion of the prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Basically, what is it we need today, right? Now, back when this was prayed, it was probably like literally the daily bread, right? They didn't have refrigeration, grocery stores, all that, like literally the daily bread. But today, it's sort of 
hey, what do I need for today? And so how does God meet our daily bread needs, what we need for the day? He meets it by others around us who work on our behalf. So let me give you an example of this. So I'm just going to take my last Tuesday. This is last Tuesday, right? Nothing too super exciting, right? You know what? I got up, went in the bathroom. I grabbed toothpaste, a toothbrush. I didn't make the toothpaste. I didn't make the toothbrush, right? Brushed my teeth and that. I grabbed a razor, shaving cream. I shaved my face and that. Turned on the faucet. I didn't make the faucet. I didn't put in the well that's running water to the faucet. I then took a shower. I didn't make the shower, the faucet, none of those pieces. I grabbed a towel, dried off. Then I got clothes on, and I didn't make the clothes. I didn't ship the clothes to the store, nor did I stock them on the shelves, nor did I run the cashier when I checked out. Somebody did that for me. I went upstairs. I got coffee. It was in a can. I put it in a coffee maker. None of those things did I do. I just went and purchased, right? I got my favorite mug. I didn't make the mug even. Man, what a slacker. Didn't do nothing, right? I didn't do anything with the electrical grid for me to turn on lights and turn on the coffee maker. Somebody else is running that, making sure it runs. And if a storm happens and it goes down, I have nothing to do with getting it going again. Somebody else is doing that for me. I sit in my favorite chair because it looks out over the lake. I grab my Bible, my devotional, my journal, my pen. I did not provide those. I bought them. I didn't make them, produce them, think of them, right, at all. I look out this incredible, beautiful, big two windows with a sliding glass door that I did not make or produce or think about. I didn't even put it in. You know, my friend John Oshie put that baby in so I could look out over the beauty of the lake in the morning. All of that. That morning, my daughter was getting up to head down to the cities for college orientation. She had to get up. She checked her phone. I don't run the phone business at all. She had to check on some things online, the internet and all that. <laughs> Just so you know, I don't run the internet. I don't provide all that information. You probably thought, man, this guy knows everything. I, I don't provide all the information, you know, Wikipedia, all those things at all. I don't put any of that online, nor do I make sure it's running every morning when you get up and check your phone. I don't do that at all, right? So she left the house. She got in the car that I didn't make or think of, but we purchased, right? She got gas, and she headed down to the cities. All the way to the cities, there's about 3,000 signs on the road telling her what to do when she drives. I didn't put those in. She had GPS going in the car telling her how to get there. I didn't tell her how to get to where she had to go or anything. Matter of fact, I didn't even pave the road or fill in the potholes on her way to the city. I didn't do any of that. Okay, so I haven't even left the house yet. And yet hundreds of people have already served me. Hundreds of people have already provided my daily bread needs or wants, right? Both and. Hundreds, hundreds of people right in this room, many of you, right? That work in all these different industries. And it's amazing. It's amazing how big this orange our lives are 
when it comes to providing the daily bread needs of others around us. And I want you to recognize that and to see that. I love the the simple story that we all know about Jesus feeding the 5,000. We're all familiar with it. Oh, yeah, I've been there, done that, heard that. But let me give you some insight because there's a key line in there that I want to bring out in this story on, I believe, sometimes our attitude when it comes to our work and what we provide. John 16, 1 through 13, it says this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs and that he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can they go to buy bread so that we can feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we work for months, we won't have enough money to feed these people. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. And so here's the line. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is that with this huge crowd? And I believe that's our attitude sometimes with our work, right? Well, what good is my work? What difference does it make at all? But just think back to my Tuesday morning before I even left the house and how hundreds of people had already provided my daily bread right away in the morning of what I needed for the day. But this, this attitude, this, this approach or this perspective of what good is that with this huge crowd? I love an, another version of this story, just add it where Jesus said, hey, go out and find what is available. He said, you know, go out in the crowd, see what's available. And they, they come back and they say, well, all we got, right, is, you know, some fish and some bread. That's it. But I love Jesus' response. He was, he was sort of like, uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm going to teach you this lesson. And so he says... Tell everyone to sit down. And I think it was this response to, obviously, Andrew's, Simon Peter's brother response of like, hey, what's this going to do with, with this huge crowd? You know, a few fish, loaves, it's nothing. But Jesus' response is, tell everybody to sit down. You know, it's like this standoff, right? And so it says, they all sat down on the grassy slopes, The men numbered alone 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks, and he distributed them to the people. After he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. I mean, this was the first all-you-can-eat fish fry. (laughs) Right here. First all-you-can-eat fish fry right there. 
After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up pieces and filled 12 baskets. And I find that interesting. Why the number 12? Well, because each disciple of the the 12 disciples, they each had a basket, they each had a walk around, and they each were filled. And so Jesus was teaching them this lesson, and he wanted to reveal to them their view of their limitations and how they see things, right? You know, what is this among such a huge crowd? I mean, some fish and some loaves. It's nothing. But Jesus had them collect more that was left over, each one, so that they each got the lesson that, hey, in God's kingdom work, we do not have limitations. And in God's kingdom work, we need a different view of God in our life and how he wants to work in and through us. And so why did Jesus want to show his disciples, his students actually, his followers, a lesson on bigger picture living? Because he wanted them and he wanted us, first of all, to recognize our position. We, as God's creation, have a unique position in the world. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Up to this time in creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the stars. He created the waters. He put boundaries on it. He created the fish and the animals, all these things. But when he got to man and woman, there was a pause. And they said, hey, let's make them in our image. And so we are uniquely created in God's image. And with that, we do not have limitations. And with that, we have purpose and meaning with what we put our hands to. It matters. And so Jesus was reminding his disciples, reminding us that our position in God matters. Their position, because they were walking with God, Jesus in the flesh, matters. Their limitations are taken away. And secondly, he wanted to remind them and us of our provision. How has God provided for us in order to meet the needs, the daily bread of others around us? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good deeds, good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, God created each one of us with knowledge and with skill to bring to others around us so that we can help provide people's daily bread needs so that we can live as people and function as people and that we can enjoy life and have security and have our daily bread needs met consistently. And so I want you to get this bigger picture living of how important you are to those around you, regardless of what you do. And if you're retired in the room, man, the investment that you have made over the generations to put us in this place where we can live with much, we can experience much, 
And we don't have to look far for food and transportation and enjoyment. We see this. And Jesus is saying, listen, there's thousands of people out here that need to be fed. But remember your position. You are in relationship with the Almighty God. Remember your provision that I have set you up to do good deeds, to do good works, and I've equipped you for that. And then lastly, he wants them to see their ultimate potential when it comes to bigger picture living. In John 14, 12, Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you are going to do just as much as I have done and you are going to surpass me because I am going to go to the Father. You're going to continue here and can continue to do your work. And so he's challenging them on their potential, their bigger picture living of who they are, regardless of what they are putting their hands to. And so we see Jesus takes a boy's lunch and he multiplies it and uses it to feed 5,000 plus people. And I'm sure that boy was saying, hey, well, you can have my lunch because kids are so generous, right? You can have my lunch. And that boy lived with bigger picture living. And so I want to challenge you when it comes to your labor, this Labor Day weekend, your work, regardless what it is, it matters. And it brings glory to God and it brings good to others because it provides their literal daily bread needs in whatever you put your hands to. It all matters. Now, next weekend, the NFL kicks in full force. And what's interesting, if you've ever watched a football game, is along the sidelines, there are all these people. And I was curious, like, who are all these people? And so I was Googling and all that, and there are 53 men on the roster. So they're on the sidelines. There's roughly 15 to 20 coaching staff. So they're on the sidelines. But they say that there's up to 300 people on the sidelines to make the football game happen. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of uh, doctors, physicians. There's nutritionists who are making sure each player has the proper nutrition to stay in the game. Obviously, there's statistician, stat people on the sidelines. There's individuals who are running equipment and checking equipment. There's all these different people playing a different role. And oftentimes we see that the most important people that make the game happen are on the field. But in reality, none of that happens unless the 300 other people or 250 other people on the sidelines are all doing 
their jobs. That's what makes what's happening on the field happen. And it matters, right? And so for us to recognize when God created us, he created us with the position of being in his image. He created us with the provision to go out and work to the good of others and provide their daily bread needs. And he created us with the potential to do more than we can even imagine. Just like that little boy's lunch, Jesus took it and fed 5,000 plus people with it. That's what he desires to do in your life with your work. And I so want you to understand how important you are and what you do. And for me, on that Tuesday morning and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it literally, for me, provides my daily bread needs. And so thank you so much for that. I love the picture we get in Ephesians 3, 20, 21, where it talks about how God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine by his power that is at work within us. We may see ourselves like this, but God sees us like this, and by his power, he wants us to have bigger picture living. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all the laborers in here, those who have served and are retired, those who are serving now in their work because it provides for our daily bread needs, brings us enjoyment, security, laughter. All these things provides for our home, our work, transportation, travel, our kids, our parents, And so I pray blessing over all the laborers here, the workers here. Bless their hands, bless their hearts, give them strength. And I pray that they would have strong worth in what they do because it matters. In Jesus' name, amen.